You're listening to the Her Business Beat podcast, where real women share how purpose drives profits and how life harmony can exist with your hustle. I'm Geneva Moresma, the founder of Hearts and Heels, a networking group for women where we work together for flourishing businesses and come together through enriching education and joyful relationships. Whether you're a part-time business owner or a fast-scaling entrepreneur who is also a conscientious leader, you can create soul-led success by fueling your greatest ambitions with pure heart. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of cab, pop in your AirPods, and get ready to check your purpose pulse to create work that matters and the success you desire. On today's episode of Her Business Beat, I would love to have a conversation about something that affects all of us as women in regard to our business and our relationships with our business, and that's where emotions actually lie in context of business. So maybe it's not something you've given much thought to, but it is something I think about quite a bit, is what place do my emotions have within my business? Some people would say that emotions should be apart from business altogether, that all decisions should be made through the scope of logic and experience. However, I think to do that would be to deny part of what makes us human, and that is our emotionality. So let's talk about where emotions have their place, how they can actually help us, but also some caution of how they can hurt us. So first of all, when you started your business, undoubtedly your emotions were high. You felt awesome about what you were doing. You were excited. If you didn't have that emotion, you would never have gotten your idea off the ground. And as you move through your business journey, you find that each win you have, you want to celebrate, you feel good. If you are a business owner, you are likely a high achiever. You enjoy the feeling of achievement. Conversely, though, when we fail or perceive our failures, it can kind of take us on a roller coaster right back down to the bottom. And so how do we manage that? How do we find balance between the things that bring us on a high And then the things that conversely can take us down to a low. Well, the thing is, it's okay to feel both of those extremes. But what we have to be mindful of is that in whichever extreme we're in, whether we are riding high on an achievement, is that that high and overexcitability doesn't lead potentially to risky decision making, maybe biting off more than we can chew, taking on a new project before we've actually vetted it and gathered data about it. So that can be a double-edged sword. On the flip, if we have a setback, I say if, when you have a setback, because if you've been in this thing long enough, I guarantee you, you're going to hit some setbacks. There will be days where you feel like you're just ready to throw in the towel. And I'd be lying if I said that I don't at least once a year have a moment where I am ready to give it all up and be done because some great challenge presents itself And when I sit, though, with that, the emotion initially that makes me want to toss it all in, of course, is something like anxiety, overwhelm. Maybe my expectations of something were much greater than what the outcome was. All of those things can lead us to feeling underwhelmed with our businesses and potentially even underwhelmed with our own performance. Hence, burn it all to the ground, right? No. But what keeps us from burning it all to the ground is that sometimes after we sit with that emotion... If we can start questioning that emotion through the focus lens of experience. So, okay, I've had setbacks before, but when I've had setbacks before, did it do me in? And I can say, 
No, I, I had setbacks, but I bounced back from them. I figured a way out. I found some kind of resource and I plugged along. So experience is one thing we can look at. And then we just have to look at the facts of the matter. And sometimes these are number figures. So maybe something feels like a great loss because it didn't uh, materialize to what you thought it would. It wasn't the profit margin you thought you would have on your launch. It wasn't the most popular product you thought would sell when you put it out to the public and it was something you were so excited about. But if you look at the actual facts and figures, is that loss so great that you can't recover from it and it's worth actually throwing everything away because of it? And in most cases, it's not. In most cases, as I said, it's just our expectations are high. The things sometimes that we think are going to be like super popular, we think everybody's going to want. I mean, it happens, right? We put something out with so much excitement and passion behind it. And then sometimes it just doesn't perform or it could be the way that we've put it out. It could be how we're marketing. There's all kinds of things. So I think where, you know, we're, we are going to experience lows, but what we have to do is make sure that we at some point check that emotion against our facts and against past experience to make sure that we're not giving it too much credit. For failing us. So that's one set of emotions that happens in business. I think also too, sometimes as we get close to other women in business, we forge these friendships, it feels supportive. It feels awesome just to have people around us that understand what we do on some level or understand the lives that we live. We can sometimes put a little bit too much on those people. So listen to what I'm saying. I run a women's networking group and I love every woman dearly who's in that group. But there have been times where I've seen women kind of get down whenever maybe they don't feel someone's reached out to them as much as they used to. Or maybe they feel that there's somebody else in their space that is now in the group. Our group, for instance, is an open seat group. So somebody can join from the same industry and it's permitted. There are other groups that are closed seat groups. So if someone's not okay with the emotions that might come with competition, then maybe an open seat group is not the best space for them. But I also think it is a place to learn to grow. So it is not something all of us love. Like none of us want to have competitors. It would be great if all of us were the only people in our area that did what we did, but that's just not realistic. And so I think it's having to take those emotions of fear and it's usually fear of lack that there's not going to be enough to go around uh, fear of someone else shining brighter than we do fear of someone and just thinking that someone else is better than we are. And so I think if we can take all those fears, all those emotions, which are totally normal when we look at competition, especially if we're looking at competition that we go, you know what, they actually do have their stuff together. But if we can package all of that and go, okay, let's look at this through some other lenses. So what if I can look at that competition through the lens of what do they do better than me? What do they do that I don't do? Maybe there's a place to actually find cross referral there. And I will tell you, it's a beautiful thing when you can find somebody that you trust in your industry that does what you do and they do it at the same caliber that you do it. Because there will come a point if you're growing that you're not going to be able to take it all. You're not. And so the worst thing to do, I think, is to tell a client potentially no 
just because you don't have space and availability. I would much rather tell a client two options. If you want to work with me, here's where I'm at on my schedule and I'd be happy to schedule you if you can wait on your project. Or here's this other person that you might want to reach out to and they may be able to get your project in sooner than me. I trust them. Anytime I've done this in my business, it has come back to me every single time. And you might wonder, well, how? Different ways. Sometimes that person has had another project down the road and they've needed my services again. And they just remember that I did the right thing. I referred them. And so they come back and maybe I'm open at that point and I can say yes to them. Other times that particular person doesn't come back, but they refer. And when that person calls me, sometimes I'll say, oh, where did you get my information? And they'll give me the name of some person. And I'll vaguely remember why is that name familiar, but I'll know that they weren't a client of mine. And then I remember that it was somebody that I actually sent out to somebody else. And this person will usually tell me, well, oh, so-and-so said that you actually didn't serve them as a customer, however, that they really appreciated that you gave them over to a good resource. And so when I asked, they gave me your name. So you have really nothing to fear about that. The only thing is, if you're not really knocking it out of the park in what you do, if your client services are not where they need to be, then you might need to be a little bit afraid of your competition. But otherwise, use your competition to level you up. And so there's a way you can look at that and go, okay, where can I, how can I take this fear? How can I take the the parts of this emotion that I do feel and it's okay to feel, but how can I make it work for me instead of work against me? Because I'll tell you conversely what can happen. I've seen it happen too many times is where someone just becomes consumed with what their competition is doing so much they take their eyes off of the legacy that they're trying to leave behind or that they're trying to build. And the problem with that is that when you're not focused on you, and you're focused on what everyone else is doing around you, then other things start to happen. You might actually start talking about your competition in a very negative light. And I will tell you that that never, ever, ever bodes well. It just doesn't. People don't like to hear it. It doesn't make you stand out. It it actually makes you go under your competition and it levels them higher. So caution on that. You know, it's like I said, natural to feel a little fearful or to go, okay, there's five of us in this space, but just be mindful that just because someone's your competition doesn't mean that they are your enemy. And in fact, there's a lot we can learn from our competitors. And it's something that I do regularly is look at the people in my market and assess myself with them and go, okay, like, what do I do great at? What do they do great at? What pieces of their marketing can I actually aspire to? So there's a difference between, please don't go out and copy someone's marketing, but you can definitely look at different social media accounts, websites, and find things that are inspiring to you. Find find businesses in your industry that are actually aspirational and use that competitive spirit inside of you. I am a deep competitor. I always have been since the time I was a kid. I mean, if there was a prize to be won, I want first place. But that doesn't mean that I have to step on people to get there. And that's the difference. There is a way to respectfully compete in the market and to give everybody their fair share. That leads me to something else. Because of the feeling of scarcity, what I do see people doing sometimes is taking work that's not meant for them. 
And so let me explain further on that is you have something that you are created to do. Your business is a vehicle for that talent and skill, and you have a lane to drive in. So whatever it is you do, whether it's photography, whether it's like me, a copywriter, it's coaching, it's, you know, any number of things, real estate, whatever it is, is you have to find what you do best, what you do better than like 95% of the population. Like that's the lane you need to drive in. And the other stuff, it's what we do with maybe good result, mediocre result, but that's not what's going to market you and sell you. Mediocrity never made for great sales. And a lot of people, because of that fear of lack, they're trying to do all these things. And so what happens is instead of the spotlight going on a thing that they really, really excel in, They are spreading all their resources over stuff they excel in and then stuff that they can do, but probably aren't the best to do. And so then the thing that they do best gets overshadowed by all these other things that they're doing, maybe mediocre at. So think about what you do in your space. Think about what you do best. Like, where do you excel? Where do you know without shadow of a doubt? And it's not being cocky or arrogant, but where can you say, like, I am best at blank? I do my best work when I'm doing this kind of work. I know because I've had feedback because I know I've studied the quality of my work, whatever it is. I know that this is the space that I run in and I'm, I'm the greatest in this space. But in the other spaces, let it go. Let those things go. Outsource them. This is where your competition can actually be an ally. Find people that do the things that you're mediocre at and refer that out because your client will more than thank you for being honest with them and saying, this is what I do. This is what I I can do, but I would feel much better if you got this part of the job done with this person. In fact, you may even be able to form a collaboration with that person who you think is your competitor in order to serve somebody even better together. So I, that's something that I think that sometimes that fear of just not having, we spread ourselves out way too thin. And, you know, and it's natural, especially now we've been in an economic climate that's a bit shaky. So I think people are trying to, to add to their offers. What else can I do? And that's perfectly normal. And if you can add to your offer and actually say, I'm expert at that, I've done what I need to do to market that and know that if somebody books that service, I can serve them out at 150%. If you can say that, by all means, add that to your offer plate. But if not, don't think it's it's taking from you to give that work to someone else. It's actually going to add to you. And that's where another place of emotions comes in is that when you're in business and shoot and life in general, it's really easy to look at what's right ahead of you. In fact, that's usually where emotions take us. It's it's right ahead of us. And then it takes us like 100 years down the road, like worst case scenario, right? But we get stuck in the moment of paralyzing fear. And then we make a bunch of uh, decisions, if we let that fear overtake us, that are in this moment, but could have like consequence for a very long time. That's the other caution, right? Is that it's normal. You're going to have things that happen in business that make you anxious. You may have something happen in business that requires that you solve conflict. It could be with a client, it could be with your business partner, whatever it is. 
But be mindful that if you're building something with legacy in mind, legacy doesn't stop it today, right? Legacy is something that continues even long after you're off this earth. So with that mindset, you can kind of come back and reframe whatever the conflict situation is that you're in in that moment, how you want to handle that emotion. So the emotions are never wrong. It's what we do with them. And it's where we let them take us. And I will say at the end of the day, emotion is never really a good guide for long-term decisions. I think it should influence our decisions, but we need to, like I said, bring in facts, bring in our experience, and you know what? Bring in other people's experience. If you have a big line, hard line decision right ahead of you, something that you need to confront because it is a stumbling block to your greater success, or it's something that you know has just been in the way of your growth for a long time, or it's even someone that you need to talk to because something's happened that has just not felt right, then I would say find a trusted person. Don't just go talking about the situation and the players. Find a trusted person to confide in, get their advice. So take in other people's experiences because chances are someone else has gone through exactly what you're going through, or they know somebody who has. And so you don't have to walk that road alone. But what do we do when we feel like we're overwhelmed and our expectations are too high and nobody understands us? Oftentimes, women withdraw. They go into this deep emotional space, which it's like really the worst thing that we need to do in that moment. The best thing to do is to lean in, which is why I believe community is so important whatever communities you build, whether it's three business besties you have that you get together for breakfast here and there, or you have a networking group that you rely on. Find people that you can do life and business with, but also make sure those are people that you are okay giving a seat at your table and that the words that they say carry weight with you, people you respect, people who are respected in the community. Be very, very careful whose emotions and feelings you allow to influence and drive yours. Because at the end of the day, it's not their business. It's not their legacy. So why would you give somebody so much power that doesn't care that much about your dream? Find people that actually care about your success. So take emotions for what they are. Enjoy them when they're great and you're on the high and you've got the wins. But be mindful that in the high seasons or in the low seasons, Our emotions left unchecked by experience or facts can derail us, but emotions in their right place actually serve a wonderful place of checking our progress. They help us ensure that we're aligned in certain things value-wise. Our feelings are important to our business. And so if you've been of the mindset that feelings don't matter, they do matter. They do have a place. They have a place though when they are in place. Thanks for listening today. And I hope whatever season of business that you're in right now, that you can look ahead and you can see that there's some great things to come. Fall is almost here upon us. And for some of us, that's going to be a hugely successful season. So just use all the feelings and motivation you have right now as you look ahead to that season to drive yourself into greater seasons ahead. Thanks for tuning in to Her Business Beat. I hope you found some sunshine for your business journey or heard something that made your purpose pulse beat faster. Please hit subscribe, write us a review, and share this episode with a friend. 
Tune back in for new episodes soon.